I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking about Batman Adventures 36, which came out August 1995. The thrilling conclusion to Hugo Strange's Memory Machine Saga. Jason, what did you think of Batman Adventures 36? Also, the last issue of the run. Uh, I, I, I really, I really, really liked it. I really liked the, um, loved it. In fact, especially like knowing that it was like a send off, like I thought it like sent it off yeah. great. And like, you know, we'll get into why I thought it got sent off great. Uh, you know, once we like actually talk about it, but yeah, really. I liked it too. To me, it's like the best of like endings where it's like, it's a good ending and you're still sad that it ended, but you're like, all right. Yeah. You know, yeah. also on the stand. This Week in Bat Books, Batman 522, written by Doug Munch with art by Kelly Jones. It's Swamp Things. We pick up where we left off. Killer Croc has escaped Arkham, hijacked a train to Louisiana, and is looking for the wet dark. In search for food, he breaks into a diner and beats up some local good old boys. He eats their meals and then continues to the swamp. Croc wrestles a gator to take its home, a tunnel in the bank of the swamp. Batman is on his trail tracks him to the swamp. Croc is eating birds in the swamp. Full creature mode. Batman and Croc fight for a while before Swamp Thing uh, shows up to separate them. Swamp Thing explains that he's offering peace to Killer Croc, that he is a creature now and will live by his law and not the law of Gotham City. Batman wants to bring him to justice, but also knows that he can't just batarang Swamp Thing in the face and call it a day. (laughs) So he's going to let that one go. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did like that confrontation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, reasoning that Arkham is only making Croc worse and that perhaps this is a place where Croc can uh, regain some peace. Swamp Thing tells him that if he ever again becomes a threat to the world of man, I will make you aware of it. Next issue, Scarecrow, Dark Wings, Fly Away in Fear. Jason, what do you think of Batman 522? Uh... I re- you know, I, I liked it. I really dug it. You know, Kelly Jones drawing Swamp Thing and also Kelly Jones drawing like Croc, like fighting yeah. uh, a gator is yeah. gold is gold. Is, yeah, is, is choice. It, it reminds me of um, I, I don't know if you ever read uh, way back, but uh, uh, Steve Besiet had a um, God, I'm forgetting the title of it now, but he had this like, I think for a while, self-published book that was just this pantomime comic about dinosaurs and it was all like super accurate yeah. And like yeah. he even, I just remember him saying in an interview about it, he's like, yeah, this is mostly just an excuse for me to draw dinosaurs. He's like, I just like drawing <laughs> dinosaurs a lot. And I'm like, I, I love seeing like, I'm like, oh, a swamp, gnarled trees. It's everything's yep. dark, swamp thing. You got, you got some gators, you got this other, it's like Kelly Jones. Right, right. just like, I can just picture me, man, I'm having so much fun. What a great issue for yeah. me to draw, you know? Yeah, it was uh, drawn beautifully. There's at one point, Batman is in like a little skiff going out into the swamp and the skiff is named the Baron Somdi and he's got like a cane with a lantern on it because apparently he doesn't yeah. own a flashlight and it's like all very cool <laughs> the entire yeah. time but yeah. like and and they made it kind of a heady issue because it wasn't really about Batman fighting anyone even though he fights Killer Croc a little bit but it's like a conversation like like 
Swamp Thing's just like, let's all get separated and then have a nice calm conversation about what justice is. Yeah, I was going to say that was, <laughs> it just made me laugh because like the last essentially the last thing Batman says is, but it's not justice. What is justice? And then it's like next issue. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave, leave that for the nerd philosophers, man. I'm I'm Batman. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, I, gonna, I just let. He's going to figure out what justice is in between issue and issues, and he's not going to come back with a, you know, an emotional crisis at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's going to he's going to this. You know what, kids? This is what he figures out between the panels. OK, yeah, right. Just, exactly. he, he, he knows what exactly. justice justice is. Just, he's not going to um, he can't explain it yet. So, yeah, but yeah, it's, he, Jay, it's like pornography. You know it when you see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So Swamp Thing has kind of a shoegazy comics kind of vibe anyway. Yeah. But I was like, oh, we're going to get some way to describe it. Swamp Thing fight. And it's like, no, we're going to get a pleasant conversation in a swamp. (laughs) So I was like, oh, well, all right. I I kind of wanted a little more, especially with the buildup. They spent a whole issue on the train and everything. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then we get there and it's like they have a conversation about the meaning of justice and croc returning to the swamp to find peace and it's like yeah the part of me that is like yes we should discuss these things about justice and and like does croc belong in arkham and is that place only making him worse and like there's a greater conversation about like prisoners rights and things like that and like i'm like yeah 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 part of me is I have two wolves inside of me and one wolf is like, <laughs> let's talk about prisoner reform. And then the other wolf is like, punch him in the face, <laughs> get yeah. him swamp thing. <laughs> well, and, and then, a th- and then a third wolf is like, you know, I, I, I understand guys great for, uh, you know, a plus for playing to the character of swamp thing. But the third wolf is saying, just, just, just go read Steve Basit and uh, Alan Moore's swamp thing. If you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, heady, uh, heady swamp conversations with an earth heady elemental swamp conversations. That's the name of his podcast, Heady Swamp Conversations. Swamp Things Podcast. Swamp Thing yeah. would have a great podcast, Jason. Oh, God, it would be. It would be. I'm putting that vibe awesome. out right now. DC yeah. Comics. Let Swamp Thing have a podcast. Yeah, come on, man. You can you can put them on video now. Like people <laughs> eat that shit up. Okay. Well, Jason, inside of me, there's a fourth wolf. And that's Shadow oh. of the Bat 42. God, you're just full of Alan, wolves. Yeah, full of wolves. It's written by Alan <laughs> Grant with layouts by Liam Sharp, finished pencils by Joe Staten. Uh, this issue features three inkers, McCarthy, Boyd, and Hannah. It seems like maybe this was a little bit of a nightmare for DC to put together with so many names on the book, but I, I'm just speculating at that point. I know that um, Liam Sharp... Uh, celebrated artist i think he's doing an exo run right now exo man of war for valiant um no shit yeah i i know that he is not exactly fast so and he's like he likes hyper detail and this is early liam sharp so you know it's it's a little different because he's just like penciling but uh yeah i wonder if this was a, a nightmare deadline for him or not i don't know it's pure speculation the rock band Lynx is playing Gotham tonight. While setting up for the show, a roadie was shot and killed by a 90s guy to the extreme. I, 
Also, I'm going to call him 90s guy to the extreme through this whole thing because I wrote the whole thing. And then I realized, oh, Shadow of the Bat is going to tell me his name in the title. Shadow of the Bat falls upon feedback in this story. His name is apparently feedback. I don't think they ever say his name in the comic other than that, that one spot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. So I'm calling him it, 90s guy to the extreme. I, I think that's more more fitting that that makes me yeah, conjure. We'll like if I'd never read this book, it makes me conjure it more than. We'll talk about know. his visual look in a minute. <laughs> his visage. <laughs> his, vis- his, his horrifying visage. <laughs> While setting up for the show, a roadie was shot and killed by 90s guy to the extreme. Lynx can't cancel the show, though. They're, instead, their manager is like, let's make it a tribute show. Robin fills Batman in on Lynx. They're the, quote, biggest selling band in the hemisphere, unquote. Robin tells Batman about how their original singer wrote all their hits and then took a drunken swim, presumably hit his head, and then fell into a coma. Richest zombie in the world is what the tabloids said. Batman and Robin hold a drug dealer upside down and shake all the loose drugs out of him for seemingly no reason. That Okay, that page happened, and I'm like, what is this? And then we just get back into the regular story. Anyway. Gotta hit Lynx, that page count, man. Gotta hit that page count. The, the band Lynx arrive at the show, but get uh, hijacked by the guy who is to the extreme. The gig's canceled, and they're expecting you in hell. The guy who is... Yeah, and he's like... Oh, the band Lynx gets into like a limo, and the, and the 90s guy to the extreme is driving. That's what's going on here. So it turns out to be the 90s guy to the extreme turns out to be their old singer. And he drives the car off the cliff. It explodes with the band in it. Like they're totally fucking dead. Everybody's dead. Car right off the cliff onto the rocks below. Huge explosion. Batman and Robin fight the guy who's to the extreme. In the struggle, uh, the guy who's to the extreme falls off of the cliff. Batman grabs him by the hand. And then he decides to fall anyway. You would think maybe he slipped out of Batman's grasp. But no, Batman's left holding the guy's arm. He's a cyborg now. And he got away. Also, Gordon comes to Bruce Wayne for an endorsement for the mayoral bid. Thanks, but no thanks. Batman doesn't want you to be anything but commissioner. And he's going to hold that glass ceiling right above you, buddy. Next issue, the cat pack. Jason, what did you think of Shadow of the Bat 42? Uh, uh, yep. I, I yep. not, 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 not really, not, not really, uh, e- even the, I will, I, I will, I will say this. I, I did enjoy the, uh, uh, the, the nostalgia factor of it, you know, cause I do oh, remember yeah. drawing exactly these kinds of like, like when Batman near the end is, is just punching, uh, uh, nineties guy to the extreme, just like the, just the, the, the veiny, the veins, the veins on the arm, so yeah, so much muscle, you know. But also, all muscular. we, all we know about these days about uh, uh, our, our 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 freakish athletes that that I love to watch, like how much how much gear is Batman on? Like, come on, man! Like, you can't you can't be that big unless you're doing some sort of PEDs. Like, ba- Batman's yeah, on yeah, yeah. I'm sure he, I'm sure he has a doctor helping him, but. Come on, you don't you don't just get like I mean, I don't know. He he studied martial arts a lot. <laughs> that make you big I don't 
Uh, he's on yeah. a lot of drugs. He's on the bait yeah. venom. He's got his own brew. Yeah. Not to and, and not to like, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to like beat up on this book too much, but like, and especially if this was like a, a younger um like what one of like his the, the artist's like sort of first like books. Yeah, Liam Sharp. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But ju- but just the like, you know, just the, the the action of everything just seemed kinda Yeah. It felt eh. it felt rushed. It felt and then there was that weird like drug dealer shakedown in like the middle for like no reason. And I was just yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. This is just yeah. like kind of falling falling apart. And <laughs> not only that, but like, all right, first of all, let me let me let me bring up 90s guy to the extreme. He's got a leather jacket that does not go down to his waist. He has a shirt on that is also a belly shirt. He's got a belt with a cod piece on it that's metal. And then he's got a series of pouches strapped to his sides, ripped up jeans that are super tight. He's got boots that are like thigh high, but they're gigantic, like Mega Man boots. And then he's got wires and stuff coming out of his chest and up to his head. He's got a huge head of hair, like a a goatee. Like he looks like he should be a roadie. Wrap around shades. And then he's got a gauntlet of guns on strapped to his forearm with gloves on his hands. He is a maniac. I think rollerblades pop out of his feet at some point in this book. Yeah, that's what I felt like, too. But I didn't know if that was just supposed to show him like running very fast or, or, yeah, or not. Yeah. I, oh, man. He, he. Yeah. It's he, it's a design that is frozen in time. You know, I just had this thought. Is this um, the superhero version of the movie Airheads? With, kind with, of. A with, little with bit, Brendan actually. Fraser and Adam yeah. Sandler. <laughs> like, it, it just... It, it just... Okay. So here's the... Okay, here's my other gripe with this book, right? I know this is a Shadow of the Bat book, which is supposed to, like, have... A, be a Batman book, but showcase another character. Yeah. And... Batman doesn't do anything in this book. He shows up at the end to like punch the guy, but like the guy already got revenge. Like it's over. Like he showed up at the end. It's like everything's done already. Batman yeah. can't save anyone. He's just punching a guy who just achieved revenge. And then the only other time Batman's around is when Robin's explained to him, explaining to him how fucking bands work, you know? <laughs> I was just like, I, I don't know, man. This issue is just weird as hell. Man, I wonder, you know, because of like because of the things that like Batman slash Bruce Wayne just doesn't know about in his pursuit of being the best Batman he can be. Like, what if there was like some criminal that was like, I don't know, it was just, like making billions of dollars, but like, you know, making it through some sort of like illicit like. Uh, uh, like laundry scheme or something like that. They were laundering money <laughs> through laundromats, yeah. you know, and like right, right, billionaire right. Bruce Wayne and Batman who doesn't know how to do laundry at all is just like oblivious to Bad. it. Like the worst, yeah, yeah like the worst he's war like, criminal like, ever. A, a laundro what? A laundromat, yeah. Bruce. A laundromat. What? <laughs> what? Why, why don't? Why don't people just have their butlers do it? That's that's yeah. That's that's what, what I do. Batman's like, why don't? Why don't people just put their uh, dirty clothes on the end of the bed like? like i do isn't that normal yeah. and yeah, then Alfred, they come Alfred, back clean yeah i'm not exactly sure how it works but it comes back clean 
Yeah, that's all, that's, that's all I know. It's like, it's, man, I, I think I just figure, figured out a way to, be, to beat Batman finally. You know? You know what? Hey, hey, <laughs> what DC. You, wait, D- what do you mean finally? <laughs> wait, yeah. have D- you been working on beating the Batman, Jason? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I got a spec <laughs> script that I'm, I'm working on, man. I, I'm okay. looking for an angle. <laughs> all right, DC, if you're hearing this. If you're hearing, if you're this, hearing you're this, gonna... first, first give Swamp Thing his own podcast and then yeah. get in touch with us about the spec script. Yeah. Yeah. Next step, I'm going to be editor in chief at DC Comics. Oh, no, yeah. no one, no one's going to appoint you to that, Jason. This is we're going to get we're going to get on a DC ban list. <laughs> Detective Comics 689 written by Chuck Dixon and art by Staz Johnson and Joe Rubenstein. Hollingsworth still on colors. Seems like he's the regular now. This is blazing heart. A firebomb goes off at Blackgate prison at midnight. Firefly on a makeshift balloon soars over the wall with the fire's updrafts. He's loose. He auditions to be an arsonist for Black Mask's gang. They fire the previous arsonist. Batman tracks down the previous arsonist and then puts his head underwater in a, in a bathtub until he, until he tells him why he was fired. Yeah, waterboarded then, the shit out of him. Yeah, Jason, oh, made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> also, the guy just got fired. Like, he doesn't need this. I yeah. Don't know. Anyway. Then he hits the bars disguised as alter ego matches Malone to gather intel. Figures out where Fly- Firefly is going to strike first for Black Mask. Meanwhile, Firefly burns his dinner, which great commitment to the bit, but terrible <laughs> cooking. Firefly yeah. meets his neighbor. He likes her. Firefly inexplicably then is in his full suit and he jumps Batman and Robin as they're coming out of the bar to get to the Batmobile. They fight. This, this, when I was writing this up, I was trying to be like, wait, am I missing? How does he, how does he get over there? I was like, what? How does he know Batman's even there? I was like, what's going on right now? And then I was like, oh, I guess they're just chance meeting. I don't, I don't know. Or this was the, the intel that he got, but they never said it specifically. So they just kind of like bump into each. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. They fight. Yeah, they're, they're just there. Firefly sets himself on fire and runs screaming into a building to get away from Batman, which, by the way, you can get away from anyone that way. Let me just say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's... He gets minor burns on his right hand. And he goes on a date with his neighbor. Also, Bruce Wayne talks to Lucius Fox about using their considerable wealth to swing the mayoral election in the way that they want and keep Gordon as commissioner. That glass ceiling, brah. There it is. Batman wants you as commissioner. You do not get to live a life of your own. We are done with that. <laughs> Man, what a Jason. What a, what, a, what a dick move. What did you think of Detective Comics 689? Uh, I liked it better than um than a, a, a 90s guide to the extreme book. Yeah, so did I. Uh uh but it it wasn't like you know, it was still really fun. You know, I, I thought yeah. I thought that, you know, the art was really solid other than the. um, You know, yeah, like the the kind of confusing action sometimes of like, wait, but uh, uh, hold on, like, but I don't I don't you yeah. can't really place that on the art so much. But no, you know. I think it was just like. They just moved a little fast. Yeah, it needed like. One more uh, establishing shot or something for it to be yeah. like you know, Batman just to be like, this is the place where they were set up, you know, like 
this or like Firefly is supposed to be here or whatever. Like yeah. they need like just one kind of beat in there just to give me a heads up as to what's happening now because it went from like Batman leaving the bar to Batman getting jumped and I was like what okay what okay yeah yeah but I do I do two things I did really like though uh one uh, I did like the gag of uh Batman making Robin fold the laundry of the woman who they scared so much she she fainted God about that. Yeah. Do you want to break down how that, how that, what happened? Cause well, so like they were watching Blackgate or something like that. Yeah. They're on some sort of like stakeout thing on, on a rooftop and like this like woman in like a bathrobe and her hair up in a towel comes out because like there, there's a bunch of laundry on the roof that she's drying and she just sees Batman and Robin and just, Oh, and like passes yeah. out and Batman's like, Oh, that hasn't happened in a while, but hmm, I never like it when it does, you know? And then she, you know, and then, smash cut to them uh you know uh, uh grappling hooking away and then it cuts right back to her waking up with her laundry nicely folded in her basket and a little note <laughs> yeah, no, yeah there wasn't a note it was just she was just didn't know what was like, going huh? on yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then look yeah, at that man's like why don't you why don't you put uh some of those skills that uh nightwing showed you to the to the test here i was just like <laughs> batman's a dick dude <laughs> Like between like being like Gordon's trying to better himself as a person, let's put him back in the fucking box. And then being like, hey, Robin, fold that shit. I'm just <laughs> like, you asshole. Hey, it's good to be the king, right? I guess. Yeah, you know, maybe 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 uh, maybe Tim's thinking like, you know what? <laughs> Still better than Azriel. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sure, dude. I'll, I'll fold. I'll, I'll fold as much as you fucking want me to, man. <laughs> fine. I'm. I'm fine with it. Just don't shoot batter tiny razor blade batterings at me. Yeah. Or try yeah. to choke and, me out. Please don't do that. And the the other thing I I enjoyed is that I'm I'm a sucker for certain tropes, and I'm I'll always be a sucker for the um psychopath falls in love with like small town shy girl. Oh, you know, which yeah, is clearly yeah, yeah. what what a Firefly is is uh is doing. I'm like, all, all right. Like yeah. as, as soon as I saw like the, I'm like, okay, okay. But I'm like, I'm, yeah, like I am excited to read more of Firefly going on dates. Like, if if the book was just that with no Batman and no like fist fighting, if it was just Firefly going on dates, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Oh man, romance comic. There's another spec strip uh, script I'm gonna write. Oh man, none of this is getting off the ground. We should. No, we should know. We should talk about Batman Adventures. Oh. Batman Adventures 36, written and drawn by Ty Templeton, Mike Parlbeck, and Rick Burchett. Colored by Rick Taylor, lettered by Tim Harkins, edited by Scott Peterson with the associate editor Darren Vincenzo. Special thanks to Kelly Puckett. The cover is Batman holding holding his ears like he's he's in uh, extreme pain as we get a bunch of the old Batman Adventures covers behind him all in blue. Just the line art. Um, Batman is trying to recover these memories that we read through the entire issue through the run. This is the final issue. So he's trying to get back these memories, the ones that we have as we read this run. I thought that was kind of a neat cover. Yeah. So 
side note. I was I was looking at this and I know that Mike Parabek had some health issues. And I was like, man, I really like Parabek's work. And then I saw in this one that he wasn't necessarily credited as like just the writer or just the artist. It was like, what did what was the credits? The credits are like a list of names and it's like writer and artists. So like Mike Parabek and Rick Burchett are kind of like I don't know, swapping out a little bit on these issues. And yeah, I was like, huh, that's weird. And then I was like, how many comics has Mike Parabek done? So I went to look him up. Jason, he, he passed away at 30. Oh, no. Jeez. Yeah. No way. Apparently, wow. uh, the health issues that he was dealing with were type 1 diabetes, which is totally fixable with uh, insulin. And... Uh, according to his friends, he just was like really bad about taking his insulin and like taking care of himself. And oh, it no. was to the point where he where he died from it. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Incredibly tragic because he is yeah. so good. He is so good in Batman Adventures. Yeah. I mean, I I, I will say, though, that like um, knowing a few different people who have been like uh, diabetic and like type one that like. Uh, in the in the nineties, like yes, there there was insulin, but like it wasn't like as stuff still wasn't as good um as it is now, you know. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. I figured it was all standardized forever. Not not really. I mean, there was like the discovery of insulin and then like different forms of it, because like sometimes like the problems early on for a lot of years would be that like the some insulins would work for a while or work pretty well mm. but then like not that well and then there's already the um depending on when he had discovered um he had type one like some people when the, when they get type one it's usually like from when the, usually from when they're like a kid and, yeah. and typically unless you're getting regular blood tests or something the way you discover it is that like people will like fall into a coma or whatever so like right there, right it's there might have already been like thing. Yeah, like that much, and it can just like shred your kidneys. You know, it just starts shredding your kidneys yeah. and other like internal organs. It's you know, it's an autoimmune disease. Wow, yeah. that's man, extremely tragic. Yeah, it, very. It always breaks my heart when I hear about a comic, uh, a comic writer or artist or whatever in the industry who gets kind of like just doesn't isn't taking care of themselves. Is pouring yeah. themselves into the work because it's so easy to pour pour yourself into the work and like kind of be like, ah, hey, you know, like I'll I'll take care of myself tomorrow. But today I just got to get this work done. That kind of that kind of mentality. I yeah. feel like that mentality is all over this industry. And oh yeah, it always breaks my heart when something is like, oh, this could have been avoided if you just took care of yourself. You know, yeah. just just a little bit, just a, just like recognize that this is an issue and just take care of yourself. So I, I just believe it on a positive note, everyone out there, just take care of yourself. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. Be aware. Like, yeah. Like, like life's too, life's way too short to, to, to worry that much. Exactly. Like it's not, it's exactly. not really, but I do understand that. Like, you know, I mean, you, you know, this personally that like, you know, like you just, you work so, so hard and it's oh, so yeah. hard to even get noticed. And then once you do get noticed, you're just 
constantly terrified that you won't be noticed. And there's Absolutely. at any given time, there's maybe like five people in the comic book industry that are safe no matter what. And then there's everybody. Everybody else. else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I do. I, I, I feel it. like a lot of people would look at the 20 years of comics behind me and be like, oh, Nick's safe. But it's like, no, man, I'm I'm fighting and clawing out here just the same as everybody else. Like it's it's a tough, tough gig. Yeah. Uh, and it's also extremely hard to shake. Like. There's not to we're going like real deep on this, but like. There's a thing that happens where it's like where you fight and claw your way in. And then that in itself is like so traumatic to have to go through that. It's hard to shake it afterwards. Like yeah. it's hard to be like, okay, now I'm going to be okay. And like, kind of like let go of that stress and let go of those old habits. It's so hard to shake that stuff. Um, when I met my lovely now wife, I was drinking I'd get up, I'd have a whole pot of coffee in the morning, right? And then I would have uh, a soda for lunch. And then I would have a soda during my break. And then I would have a Red Bull. And then I might have another Red Bull. And then I would have another pot of coffee in the evening to like try to get all my work done. And Shannon, when she met me, she was like, you're going to, your heart's going to explode. What are you yeah. doing? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good point. I should probably stop. And I immediately stopped. And I think it was because in my brain, I knew it like this is not a good, good situation. But like, I felt like I kept having with nobody there to like keep me in check or or even just call it out, you know? Yeah. yeah. In my day to day life, like living by myself, making comics like I, I just didn't I was not thinking of it. I was not aware of it. I was aware of it on a subconscious level, but I was not, I was like, eh, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Deal with it tomorrow. Just get another case of Red Bull, get the, get the deadline done. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, Hey, it worked before. Like that's what you start saying in your head. You're like, Oh, this worked before. Right. You know? Right. I'm not going <laughs> to die tomorrow. Probably. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Be kind to yourself. Take care of yourself out there. Yeah. Speaking of, we got to help Batman out, Jason, because Batman is still seven years old without without any memories of him being older. The issue kicks off with Batman and Robin foiling a jewelry thieves in the this back alley. And Batman's like, hey, Robin, Robin, look at this. Check this out. One hand behind my back. And then he like clocks the guy. and He's like, whammo, he's out of here. He's, so Batman's still very much a child. Uh. They get they're fighting these jewelry thieves and uh, Robin gets hit in the back of the head with a wrench because Batman's showing off, not paying attention. He's seven years old. So he beats the heck out of the guy like that hit Robin. He's like, you leave him alone. <laughs> like they're like, Robin's like, you got to start paying attention, man. Like that wouldn't have happened if you weren't like weren't showboating over here. And so they yeah. check in with uh, Carl Rossum. So Batman's like, I want to thank you for helping us, Mr. Rossum. Robin says you're really good with memory and hardware and stuff. And maybe you can help me get my memory back. And he's like, please, Batman, you rescued me from Hardak more than once. Just uh, you just don't remember. Don't thank me yet. I got to still work on this thing. So I rewatched the Hardak uh, episode. His what is it? Heart of Silicon, his Silicon soul. I don't even remember. 
Heart of Steel. Was that it? I, mean, I got to look over here. I'm just shooting in the dark. So he's in his Silicon Soul. Hardak is. But he debuts in Heart of Steel Part 1 and Heart of Steel Part 2. Uh, bonkers episodes, Jason. An AI robot starts to build uh, essentially robots to replace people in real life as he tries to like further his AI agenda away from his master's biddings. And like Batman comes in to save the day. He, they, Bruce Wayne goes on a date with a robot. Uh, he doesn't know is a robot and then he leaves this Jason this blew my fucking mind he leaves he's like oh yeah yeah he leaves the date in Wayne Manor he's he knows he's Batman I'm just like you can't just leave somebody to snoop around you're Batman you're gonna find the cave what are you doing he's got he's got, he's got a lot of confidence in his uh, in his security apparently I, I guess but man I was like this is kind of a silly move uh, those episodes, by the way, uh, feature some real great uh, Barbara Gordon shenanigans happening because uh, Commissioner Gordon gets replaced by a robot. And then she's like, this isn't right. She turns on the bat signal. She, get, she gets Batman and they have like a discussion. Her as Barbara, you know, she's she's not Batgirl yet. It's still early days kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very good. She's precocious. She ends up saving everybody so like the robot replicated the mayor and and you know bullock and uh the commissioner and like was trying to replicate bruce wayne and uh she gets everybody outside everybody's safe out of the out of the thing you know she's helping batman and she goes back into the building and they're like wait where are you going and it's all these like you know capable males of authority and she's like i'm going to save batman and she just like <laughs> marches right back in. I was just like, fuck yes, Barbara Gordon. Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. Bar- Barbara Gordon's a great character. I'd... Great character. You, you can't. Th- I, I think the best way to write her and Batgirl is never forget the little like the little scamp, you know, yeah, little, little exactly. scamp kind of, you know, mischievous. Ah, man. So good. There's also a moment where in the episode where uh, Bullock comes up to the roof when they're talking. And you don't know that Bullock is a robot yet. And he like just starts fighting Batman. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And then he lifts Batman over his head. And and like, you're just like, holy shit, Bullock's really strong. And then you're like, oh, he's a robot. Okay. All right. This <laughs> makes a little more sense. <laughs> so we have Batman with uh, Mr. Rossum here from the Heart Act episodes. Uh, He's going to help Batman. He's got his he's got Hugo Strange's journals. He's going to be like, all right, we're going to we're going to figure out your memories. But he's like, I don't think that. And and this is like a huge expedition exposition dump, basically. Yeah, Um, he's he's basically like explaining the experiment and and how Hugo Strange basically kept trying to uh, suck the memory of David's death out of his brain. And he didn't realize by forgetting it, he didn't realize that he forgot it. And he just keeps like putting himself under this this memory machine until basically he forgets everything except for like David's death. He's just like living in that space constantly. He has no other memories at all. 
and he can't yeah. build any other memories. Like it's incredibly tragic. Um, oh, yeah. He also says Batman that there's no way that uh, he can restore the memories because your memories are in a diamond and there's no way that possible way that they make a diamond this big, like the size of a baseball. And Batman in his very childish way is like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. I've seen one. I've seen one. And Robin's like, where? And he's like, "Uh, I'll bring you the diamond. Just we'll we'll set everything right in my head. Uh, Yeah, I I can't. One of my favorite parts about this whole arc is has been the way they've drawn uh, Batman when he's still like, you know, a six two, like two forty, like Jack guy, but with like the mind a seven of a year seven old, year old mentality, you know, yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. The, just the way they draw, even even like in in like shadows, the way they draw his eyes, like just all like mm-hmm. big and soft, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just so great. He's like, I'll be back in an hour with the diamond, and Robin's like, wait, and he's like, trust me. And then we cut back to uh, Hugo Strange, who's having a rough time. He thinks a dead bird in the sidewalk is David. He's like, David, my poor son, my poor dear son, David, a real rough situation. Uh, He's like, yes, Thorne should pay. He will pay. He's like riling himself up about this one single memory of Thorne killing his son. Uh, He stops a cab and then he's like, you there, David. Calls everybody David because everybody is David to him. He's like, "Do you know where Rupert Thorne lives?" And he's like, "The big shot, sure, hop in." And so they they drive to Rupert Thorne's house. Uh, oh, the dangerous mob boss. Yeah, everyone knows where he lives. Yeah, yeah everybody knows where he lives. Yeah, we'll drop you off at the gate. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Robin's trying to chase down Batman, but he can't get a lead on him. After Batman left so suddenly, he's on the having a conversation with alfred alfred remarks that you know he finds it's himself wishing that there was a way he wouldn't have to go through all of the personal tragedy all over again as alfred is like watching uh looking up at the portrait of bruce wayne's parents thomas and martha you know remarking that he's so carefree and it's just this like real tragic moment and then we get in act two Oh, before we get into act two, I just want to uh, just a great line from Robin when he's he's talking to Alfred and Alfred's like, oh, you know, that's the way Master Bruce was like, always so carefree, thinking nothing could hurt him. And Robin just very seriously, that's the kind of attitude that gets you killed out here on the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which fair, but yeah, I, uh, I like my Robin's very carefree. And it's like weird to have Batman out carefree Robin, like Robin turning into Batman as Batman turns into Robin. It's a weird vibe. Yeah, yeah. Into act two, act two, Batman, the Dark Knight returns. Batman is swooping in to an apartment building with an uh, with an open window high up and He's looking for something, gets startled, and just immediately kicks Catwoman straight in the face after he gets hit across the head. And yep. just, it's just, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> and he just, just sends her flying across the room. Yeah. And Catwoman's kind of upset that, like, you know, he's back and in the bat suit, you know, yep. and sneaking around his apartment. And he's ransacking the place, like, 
you know, wh- where, where is it? Where's this gigantic diamond I've, I've seen you had? Yeah. And she's like, ah, it's evasive. I don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, even though he's the boy Batman now, he, he, he knows what's up now. And he's like, you're a liar. You know, you're yeah. a liar and you're not, you're not good. You know, you're not a good person. You Very know, authentic <laughs> with his feelings, like on yeah. his sleeve. Oh yeah, yeah, and the and again, just the, like the big soft eyes, like I'll give you whatever you want. My family has a lot of money, please. Yeah, yeah, and and Catwoman just does. She doesn't want to go back to to the way things were. She's like, this is great if I didn't have this guy hassling me all the time. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't want your money. I just want you to promise me something. And she asked Batman basically to promise that, like, you know, once he goes back to his old self, that she'll he'll leave her alone, you know, and mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't have to. And Batman's like, no, I don't I don't I don't think that's right. And Catwoman's like, well, you know, all, all right. I mean, if that's the if that's the way you want it, I'll, uh, you know, you're just never going to get your memories back. And Batman promised he, he he relents, but he's the, the boy's mad. He's yeah, very mad. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, he's like, all right, you win. You give me the diamond. I promise to look the other way. But but you don't never tell no anybody or the deals off. He's just like yeah. so angry in all these panels with her. Yeah. In and, a way where then, a child gets angry at like an adult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 again, and much like a child, just being super direct as he's leaving, he's readying yeah. uh, his his grappling hook, and he's like, "I may have to keep my promise, but I'll promise you something else. I promise, no matter what, I will never be your friend, and I will never forgive you, and I will hate you for the rest of my life." And just <laughs> is gone. And I was like, "Wow!" But also, it's, it's like. Real. It's real taking the ball and going home vibes. <laughs> oh yeah, and and honestly too, it's it, it's so fucking brutal in the way that only little kids can be, because right, like right. you know, little kids haven't perfected. Like little kids lie all the time, you know, but they haven't perfected lying yet, you know. Sure. And and so like when they're like that mad and like that, they're like, no, 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 they're just like gonna tell you everything straight up and you yeah. just it's gonna hit you right in, that panel, in the chest that panel is so perfect it actually was floating around twitter that one panel where batman's leaving and he's like no matter what i'm never gonna be your friend i'm never gonna forgive you and I'm, I'm gonna hate you for the rest of your life uh that panel was floating around uh, out of context on on twitter like a, a month or so back it's so good it's so good <laughs> <laughs> that, that 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 is that is a kind of memeable, yeah, yeah. We we leave Catwoman watching Batman, uh, you know, grappling away, and we cut to uh, a cab screeching, crashing <laughs> into another car, and uh, Strange uh, is it Victor Hugo Strange? Sorry, Hugo Strange. Goddamn, Hugo Strange is disheveled and mumbling saying he's not afraid of thorn he's gonna stop the killer and he's just stomping up the steps to thorn's building and you know he he asked the big goon at the door who, who he calls david he's yep, he's like everybody's david yeah yeah 
he's like, oh, you silly child. Your, your, your name's David. It's all right. Rupert Thorne, he lives here. And, and he's like, well, no, no, no. You, you, get, 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 get out of here, man. And he's like, no, no, no. I must, I must see him. And uh, Rupert Thorne is, he's like, oh, Hugo Strange? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send, send him up. Send him up. Come, come on up. Let's, let's see what this old weirdo wants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then back to the, I just forgot his name. I can't believe I forgot the scientist's name. Uh, Rossum, I believe. Rossum. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're back in, I'm, I'm assuming this is Hugo's lab, right? Or it could be Rossum's. You know, he had a big yeah. lab too. I don't know. Ah. We're in so, a lab. Yeah. We're in a, we're in a super science lab with the uh, diamond that Batman had just procured. And, uh, and again, Batman's like holding some sci-fi like weapon or something. And yeah, Robin has to admonish him. <laughs> Batman puts that down. He's just looking at it, man. Just looking at it. Oh, put it down or you'll break it. He's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Robin, and Robin's worried because he's like, you, you sure this is going to work? Cause it's not, not everything, uh, Batman's going to remember is going to be the, 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 the best, you know? And, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's gonna retain a lot of uh personal human tragedy in one fell swoop. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, and Rosalind's like, I don't I don't know. I've never tried this before, man. Like right. we're in real thing. uncharted waters with getting memories out of a diamond and back into a brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I didn't I didn't they didn't cover this in grad school, man. Like I I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't know what you think goes on there. But uh but Batman being and and I like this as a um, uh, Batman says, I, I make a pretty lousy Batman with a mind like this. So even though he's a kid, he kind of knows, you know. Yeah, that, like, I also I like that line because it's like a, a seven year old recognizing like what Batman has to be, you know, like him at him at seven being like I the the aspirational thing that i need to be i'm not there it's it's kind of i don't know it speaks to his like center of like justice and fairness and and like he's like i the city needs me and i need it even though he's seven he recognizes it yeah yeah it's, yeah it's definitely yeah it definitely gives you a uh sort of like a uh, uh almost intrinsic uh moral compass that uh that yeah. Bruce, little bruce right. has and so the machine starts up and oh boy, does he just immediately see his parents get murdered again in yep. quite vivid detail, breaks just a bunch of shit right away, screaming. Yep. And when he's asked, he's all right. He just, yeah, I'll manage. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, yep. that's Batman's <laughs> back. He's push, pushing all the feelings down, punching some criminals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so what after the, the trauma of getting all of his trauma back, Batman realizes, oh, wait a minute, I've had another memory lapse. What time is it? And he figures out that it's been about nine, you know, more than a week, nine days since he had his last memory, like as Batman. And he's wondering yeah. where Hugo Strange is. And, you know, Robin, he's, like, he's, he's been missing since New Year's. And Batman's immediately like, I... I think I know who who we should be talking to. Yeah, and we get into Act Three: the unusual fate of Hugo Strange. And uh, 
Thorne's like, Hugo Strange, as I live and breathe, this is a surprise. Trying to welcome him with open arms. And Hugo Strange is a big ball of mad scientist crazy at this point. And he's I like, I do declare. Yeah. Hugo Strange, I do declare. Uh, he's like, good God, Hugo, you look like hell. He's like, I'm not afraid of you, Thorne. And he's like, okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. Why are you here? He's like, I won't let you kill David. And to Thorne, this is such good writing. Because like Thorne is not like, like, I didn't kill David. He's like, David, David, he was your son, right? Like, he's like, I got nothing. I barely even remember who David is. Like, you know, <laughs> really trying to be evasive. And uh, Thorne attacks him, gets on top of him. Starts hitting them like well, you, the you, bodyguards. Uh, yeah, strange attacks Thorn. Yeah, strange attacks Thorn. Yeah, bodyguard pulls him off. The girl that's been sitting in Thorn's office this entire time is just like wild. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was sitting back and watching. Yeah, that 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 Thorne's was great. yelling killers, assassins. He's like thrashing around. Thorn gets on the the comm and he's like, uh, you know, Lenny, you got to get in. You're just busting up my office. And uh, the, so a goon comes in and he's like, you know, they're like, keep still you little runt. And he's like, Hugh, the, the goon Lenny who came in is like, you're that little twerp that punched out my tooth last New Year's. Shooting your kid wasn't enough for you. You had to come back here for more. At which point. Strange just goes. Absolutely bananas. Like elbows the dude who is holding him in the face, like goes after him, yelling killer. And he's like, this time I'll stop you, assassin. Uh, he broke the dude's nose who was holding him. And Thorn goes, he's not moving. And Strange is over over the guy who said he killed his son. And he's like, this I've stopped you this time, murderer. But there's so many more of you. And the bodyguard knocks out Strange. And then he takes his gun out and Thorne's like, not here. You'll stay in the rug. Go out to the balcony. And uh, the, the, the goon is like, Lenny was a friend of mine, you creepy little gnome. And, and Strange is like, David, what's going on? You know, like totally detached from reality. Murdered a man, but is detached from the reality of it. And the goon is about to shoot him. Batman and Robin swing in kick the goon before he can shoot. They save Hugo Strange. Batman's like, nobody move. And uh, Batman is basically like, I've got you dead to rights, Thorne. Like, you, you, we're going to have this guy killed. Like, we're putting you away for to jail. And uh, he's like, it was legitimate self-defense. He waltzed in here five minutes ago, started killing my employees. And Batman's like, you expect me to believe that? And he's like, I got witnesses. And so Thorne kind of like wriggles out of the legal issue that's going on here. He just he basically this is Jason. This is early castle doctrine shit right here. <laughs> Legitimate <laughs> self-defense. I, I was in fear of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> Batman's like, you know, strange. Are you all right? And uh, he's like, no, I don't think I am. He's like, something's wrong, David. I can't remember anything but watching you die. Keep watching you die over and over, over and over. It's all I remember. That's all. And uh, you know, Robin and Batman are just like, oh, man, what are we going to do with this dude? And he's just like, help me, help me. And like small text. Uh, 
and he says to to Batman, he's like, I remember it, David. I remember it. You've got to help me. And Batman's like, I know Hugo, and we will. And that's the end of Hugo Strange's part, but there's still a little bit to wrap up. Batman sees a giant bat painted on the side of a building, and he goes up to the rooftop, and it's Catwoman. And she's like, don't worry, it's water-soluble paint. One rainstorm and it'll go away. And uh, she's like, I keep thinking about what you said the other day about never forgiving me. And I'd like to see if I could change your mind. And she's like, here's the Rothschild ring. That was the ring that Batman had stolen when he thought that they were partners together, him and Catwoman. She's like, you know, it's the kind of thing that would uh, play on your conscience. So no strings attached. You can just have it back. And he's like, yeah, Robin mentioned that. But uh, he's like, how'd you get it? And he's like, She's like, you don't remember? He's like, no, I, I don't really remember anything from when I was out. And he's like, why? Uh, and she is cracking up. And she's like, this is rich. We're back to the way things were. So you're still going to bring down the law on me. No special treatment. And he's like, the minute you step out of line. And she's like, Batman, I can't believe I'm going to hear myself say this, but I wouldn't have it the other way. As she gives him like a little kiss on the cheek and grapples away. The yeah. End. Hell yeah. Jason, what did you think of Batman Adventures 36? I I fucking loved it, man. I I th- I thought yeah. it was such a great like it was such a great way to uh to to end it. I thought it was such a like, you know, like and and like with like as much as you can do, but like, you know, the whole thing just being about like, you know, grief and grieving of like, yeah, when you when you're grieving, it's like, yeah, that's really the only thing you can think about and 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 it sucks right. and it, like it, it does. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and like, and, and like, and you know, and Batman's just like, yeah, man, I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get you some help, you know? And, but, but also just like overall as the comic book, like I loved how they ended it on the note of like, um, making sure that like Batman doesn't really hate Catwoman, you know? Cause like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't hate but also that Catwoman's kind of like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have tried that. This is like I think yeah, it's better it kind of wounded. Way. It kind of wounded her. Like she pushed it yeah. a little far, and yeah, then, and then kind of regretted it. And then now that things are back to normal, she's like, "Oh, thank God! I don't have to say yeah. I'm sorry." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, whew, okay. I found the line. I won't cross that one again." And yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna go back to stealing stuff. Sure, and being a scamp. Yeah, just be, just being a little, little little kitten scamp that she is. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, but it was I thought it was it was a really I think it was a really great send off for for this run uh, of of the series, you know. And their first three parter, which is like pretty great. I don't know. Yeah. If, uh, when we start to read the uh, next iteration of Batman Adventures, I think it's Batman and Robin Adventures now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when we start reading that, I wonder if they're going to start to do some multi-part uh, comics or if they're just going to stick to single issues again. If we're going to get the act structure again or not. I don't know. We'll oh, see what happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, we have the act structure. I really dug the act structure. It's really. Yeah, me too. You know, like uh, it was it a lot of me- fun. It's like it was like watching like uh like watching old episodes of like Columbo, you know, it's like you can see like where the actual act <laughs> breaks like are, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Oh man. This this run 
is very, very good. I would recommend it to anyone. I know it's coming out in an omnibus very, very soon. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, everyone should go pick it up. Uh, yeah, I think that, that up. even the even the worst issues of this run were very, very good. I, I was telling Jason before we started the pod. Um, so somebody claimed on the Internet where, where everyone tells the truth that they got the first appearance of Harley Quinn. I think it's Batman Adventures uh, 19 that they found it for a dollar at a yard sale and, and picked it up. And I was just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so I posted a couple of discords and um, people were saying, talking about Batman Adventures in this other comic book discord that I'm in. Uh, and they were saying that the real OGs knew that the Batman Adventures was like the real Batman book. And in reading the mainline Bat books and these Bat books, these past 36 issues, Man, they are right about that. Like, very rarely does the Batman Adventures miss. And uh, the mainline continuity was really all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's like kind of the fault of like, and I think this is like part of the reason why over the years that like most of the uh, more mainstream superhero books that I, that I would read, you know, were like, whatever non-continuity else worlds like things because like those things were never beholden to like whatever the trend was at the time and so like you know i right. understand the main bat books they're like yeah you have to do an extreme 90s guy and some dark stuff but yeah i'm all about the kelly jones and you know but yeah. like but, but, yeah, but there's he, good stuff in there like yeah, he, he had, we we read a tim sale story john paul oh, yeah. was in there lee weeks was in there you know, oh, like yeah, yeah. Kelly Jones crushes it in a monthly, like not even as a guest penciler, just like straight up monthly. Like, oh, yeah. And even and the, and the, re, the recent pirate story, like I, I've loved a lot of yeah. the insane, like insane stuff. I have I have enjoyed it. But like, yeah, but like you said, like the true like you can get to the yeah, true kind of like want like a solid Batman story with like, you know, just really good all the way through. This this book month to month was just so good. Like, yeah, in the mainline continuity, you get wild swings. This one, you always know you're getting a great Batman story. Yeah. And like, you know, and to to bring up TV again, I, I honestly like I fell off in the later seasons, but I honestly absolutely loved uh, the show House when it when yeah. it was on. And I, I yeah, had yeah. a few of the seasons on DVD because it was just, you know, it was just episode it was great episodic storytelling because it had you know a, th a through line of like sort of like a character of what the characters are you know and like their yeah. arcs and like different subplots but then just every like episode was something different and you got to find out more about the character through that and like right, all the right. motivation and things through the drama of trying to solve this like mystery and diagnose this crazy stuff and doing all these like insane things and it's just and you know every yeah. episode like house is gonna break some law that would have got him like you know fucking like executed <laughs> in like any country but like you know but you're just like yeah whatever i don't care like i just this is this is fun and yeah. it's just like yeah, you know, yeah it's like with batman it's like yeah he's grappling the, the grappling hook's going who gives a shit where the grappling hook's going he's got a mystery yeah, sure. to solve or some bad guys sure. to punch like there's but 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 yeah but you get to have um you get to stay more true to the character because you don't have to worry too much about like are we are we like 
making sure like this is something that the kids are going to like. You know, are we like right. Which, which, are we which ma- to be? Are we making? Uh, also, they're not bogged down with like. Are they making sure that we mention that Gordon's running for mayor? Like, it's like no. Yeah. Everybody knows their roles. It's just baseline. Yeah. We're just going to tell a good story. Yeah, yeah. They don't have like what at that point in the nineties was like sixty years of continuity <laughs> to, <laughs> sure, to to sure. like worry about and try to unte- untangle and and, I and think all you, that. I think so, they only need yeah. to untangle from crisis on. I think that that was the reset point, right? I don't know. I don't it was know. Supposed to get, like I said, I've I've admitted before on this podcast, it gets hazy for me before 1990. So, mm. yeah. Crisis is worth reading, um, but it will never not be extremely hilarious to me that by the time uh, they decided, like, we're going to do Crisis, we're going to do this thing that was like a big crossover event that was like, kind of new at the time because they were just like our continuity is so fucked and we have all these characters that we brought in from these these other publishers that don't make you know what we're gonna fix it and then like a year later they're like shit it hasn't been nothing's been fixed (laughs) nothing's been turns out untangling this thing is a is a lot of work (laughs) yeah and then that's why 10 years later they had zero hour that's like okay yeah yeah okay it's okay now it's fixed and it's fixed forever, and we're never gonna reset it. <laughs> yeah, like what? What's that joke? Um, the the file name is a uh, final final swear to God final. This is the final <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this time. And then and then it's like V three. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, man, God, what a! I can't what wait for run, that omnibus. Man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put an alert out for or something on for 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 that omnibus. Yeah, uh, yeah kind of itching to get that so there's no letters column this month uh instead scott writes a a basically a long thank you to like all the creators who have been involved including not only the core staff but everybody who's been involved in the book like klaus jensen uh dave gibbons kelly jones kevin nolan you know chorello mike mcnola chuck dixon everybody did pinups in issue 25 um you know they talk about the annuals and the holiday special and stuff like that yes there is the second annual yes that is going to be the next episode we're going to talk about that but there is a he does leave a little bit of a stinger that down there can i sting you jason one last time for this run ding me next issue well it's not really but what the hey batman robin two-face harley quinn the joker it's the first issue of the Batman and Robin Adventures, all brought to you by Paul Dini, Ty Templeton, Rick Burchett, Rick Taylor, and Richard Starkings. See you then. Scott Peterson. I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and myself. I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> so that's that's going to be next. Uh, not next for our show. That's going to come in three weeks as we kind of adjust the format. We're going to do the annual number two, which is a banger. Don't miss that episode. And then we are going to do a kind of like we're, we're having a, a crisis in time ourselves as I try to like align the dates of all these bat books coming out properly. I think I got like a little behind somewhere along the way or a little confused. So we're just going to talk mainline continuity. And then after that, we are going to jump into uh, Batman and Robin adventures. So look forward to that. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. But in, in the meantime, in the meantime, Jason, 
Mm. Should we hit the two read pile? We should. Normally, uh, to read goes up on the YouTube with art. This past week, I actually slacked. I might do two two reads uploaded both at once on the YouTube.com slash Nickville because uh, Jason, I got I got ap- absolutely hammered with work. Just yeah, just really knocked down, drag out, like no time to do anything. I basically every night uh, or every day woke up made comics for like 14 hours and then played Zelda for an hour and then went to bed. So I'm not reading a whole lot. That, that, that doesn't, that doesn't make you want to read even more comics. I, I, let me tell you when you work on comics for like 14 hours, no, it does not. It definitely does not make you want to keep, keep investing into comics. Oh man. It's a, the freelancer life is tough. I did that through the holiday weekend, through the, uh, you know, a Memorial Day weekend. It, it was not not a great time. Um, however, we're getting past that, past the freelancers perilous journey. I do have something I want to bring. But first, Jason, yeah. what have you been reading? Uh, I've been reading quite a lot lately, actually. I, I had a couple that I thought I might bring to the to read pile, but then this God damn, I love this man. I, I I love everything about what this man's career and what he's done with it. Uh, but Brian K. Vaughn uh, yeah. uh, dropped a new book on his oh. blog. On his fucking blog, it's actually the first 150 pages of this Holy thing that smokes. he's working on that he dropped for free. Go to uh, Exploding Giraffe or look up Brian K. Vaughn. But it's by uh, Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Nico Heinrich. Heinrichen? Oh I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not exactly uh, sure how to how to pronounce his last name, but they did um Pride of Baghdad together. Yeah, yeah. Which is a and, banger book. Oh, it, it is it is very good. He he they they do he does the um that kind of like sort of hyper realistic style, but in in a in such a perfect sort of way, you know, because it's not oh, yeah. It's not quite, it's just, I don't know how to describe it, but like, yeah. The, yeah, we, we were talking about um, Baker Street, uh, the, the Baker Street 4. Yeah, I brought yeah. it to, to read, and I was saying that it's hyper-realist to the point of it being distracting and like difficult to read in points. Yeah. And Nico does like such a great job of like putting in all the detail, but making it, very readable i haven't read what what you're bringing but i've read pride of baghdad and love yeah yeah so it's called uh it's called spectators and uh the first 150 (laughs) i'll just read from his his blog post when he posted it uh he posted on april 24th so this is still like you know pretty 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 fresh but it's been yeah Yeah. and and he goes uh (laughs) hey you trapped at work right now brian here wondering if you'd like to read 150 pages longer than an entire volume of saga <laughs> from uh from an explicit sci-fi romance horror graphic novel called spectators by artist co-creator nico henrican letter phono letterer phonographics and writer boy me it's extremely not safe for work but what do you care about safety and you can download it in uh, pdf or cbz like nice whatever it is 
the first hundred and this is all full color. I I I I, I as soon as I opened it up, I'm I, I was I was hooked because yeah the first the first few pages this really isn't going to be a, a spoiler, but man the first pages just jump right the fuck in and it is so goddamn brutal. Uh, what is it? We, we, what is it about? Um, ghosts, kind of. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. You sold me. <laughs> um, but it begins with um, our our main character is this woman in her uh, late 30s, early 40s, who she's in a movie theater waiting for her date, and it's just like the second date she's going on with this guy. And like, you know, she's young, has blonde hair and like a pink streak through it, like, you know, kind of trendy and the date kind of flakes out and, you know, she's like, oh, God, she's really pissed. And so she uh, starts looking up porn on her phone in, in the movie theater <laughs> and starts and starts like, you know, starts going like, well, I mean, you know, movie hasn't started yet and it's kind of a dark theater, so I'm going to. And then all of a sudden there's these like loud noises, these loud booms and some people start talking. They're like, what's, uh, what's going on? There's one guy like, no, 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 that's, that's gunshots. That's fucking gunshots, man. And then just this insane man uh, with a gun just comes in the room and starts fucking murdering people and just like brutal, brutal violence. That's one of my greatest fears living in America. That's like, yeah, I know it hit me really hard when I first I, I can like, imagine I was like, Jesus Christ, I was like, oh, yeah. my God. All right. Right out the fucking gate. Apparently, I don't. Yeah, cause yeah. I had because I, 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 I didn't like I'm almost sorry to have described uh, any of this for anybody because uh, I, I went in uh, blind. Actually, you know, yeah. may, maybe maybe even cut uh, what, what I described like of of. Of, from the beginning because i don't i don't want to ruin that for people um but like man it is it, it's just it's just so well done it begins so harshly and it, it it's um i don't know it's just it's just really affecting because you you'll see these people become ghosts and become kind of like used to sort of being being ghosts and people going mm. like well does everyone stay ghosts and they're like no you can you can move on to whatever if you want, but like you know, huh. I, so, so like I don't I don't I don't know where um where it's going to like you know go where it's going to like lead, but it's just like sure man, it's it's it hits my my sweet spot, which is weird sci-fi. You know? Absolutely, yeah, like, yeah, like, like like that's why I, I immediately glommed on to, and it, it was a great book. I still have to finish it, but I immediately glommed onto sex criminals you know yeah because it's just yeah, like yeah. oh yeah these people that can stop time when they orgasm i'm like fuck yeah fuck <laughs> please please give it to me all of it you know um uh, but but yeah it's just such a uh it's so uh the beginning of it so audacious you know yeah and and like i said the, the art my god the art oh just everything like when when I see beautiful art, but then also, uh, uh, and we talk about it all the time, just like beautiful comic book, like storytelling, you know, just beautiful, like the mm -hmm. craft of actually how 
you visually tell your story, you know, like when, yeah. when that's like together, like my God, like it's so good. And right. just such a, such a badass move of Brian K. Vaughn to be like, yeah, you know what? 150 pages. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right out there. Right Man, out there. That is pretty great. New Friday chapter went up too, by the way. Uh, just yeah. recently. I saw yeah. from a brew baker. Yeah, huge. Checking out things digital. Huge, huge shout out to Panel Syndicate. I actually got it. This made me think that I'm going to jump jump onto some Panel Syndicate books that, I, that I've been meaning meaning to read. Nice, nice. But, but, but yeah, man, spectators, like, man, get get on it. Like, yeah, download it in PDF, I'm download gonna, it in... Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I think I got to clear out some space on my iPad to, to download 150 pages of comics, but I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll get on it. Oh, and it's free, just, man. Yeah. No excuse. Yeah, and, it's, and it's free. Like, that's that's something that, like, and I know I've talked about it ad nauseum many times, but, like, I, I just always love it whenever anybody makes it to uh, a certain level, you know, and Brian Vaughn's made it to a pretty, mm. he's one of those people that's like fine because he's also like, oh, yeah, for TV yeah. And like, you know, he's, sure. yeah, yeah. He, the, he the can, comic book money is a pittance compared to the TV stuff he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. But he still very clearly absolutely loves comic books. Absolutely loves it. And yeah. he wants people to love it as much as he does. And so he's just like, yeah, man, here, free comics, whatever. I'm, 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 I'm rich enough. I don't, I don't, you know, I, just, I, I want you people to read comic books, please. You know, and I'm like, yes, yes, please. People read comic books, please. People, please. So I have, uh, kind of a, a, a weird to read pile. Like I had a weird to read pile last time. Cause I was in the, in the work epidemic, but <laughs> firstly, I wanted to shout out because it's, it's pride month. It's the start of that uh, at the time of this recording and a friend of the show, uh, Maddie, uh, posted on League of Comic Geeks a uh, long list, compiled a lot of DC comics made by people who are LGBTQ+. So if you want to check that out, it's going to be uh, linked in the Discord. I, I also retweeted it today uh, on my Twitter. So if you dig into the Twitter, you can, you can find that link. Um, huge list of stuff like he put together uh not only imprint collections but current single issues out of print collections single issues uh and inaccessible items is what he calls the the last bit of it uh for one reason or another not made not accessible but um he put together uh, authors compiled uh, man I'm, I'm hesitant to even run down this list because he was like so thorough with it but mm. uh there were some books that jumped out at me. Um, let me just talk about the ones that jumped out at me. Uh, so he put a lot of Grant Morrison stuff on there because yep. Grant Morrison is they, them. Animal Man, Omnibus, Doom Patrol, Omnibus. Uh, oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of other good stuff. Invisibles, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Uh, the filth. The filth, yes, yes. Mm. All that stuff's really great. Uh, there's Batman by Grant Morrison as well. Like we're in a Batman podcast. You, you should probably check that out if you haven't already. Um, yeah. Also uh, young animal stuff from Gerard way, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff, but there was one book in particular that I think is going to jump out at me uh, that I'm going to check out. Uh, and then I was thinking, I was like, man, if I check out this book, then maybe I should just 
for the month just read a bunch of pride stuff from like lgbtq plus authors like yeah, just yes, dive in like because uh, this list is so comprehensive and it's not like this list is i mean there is some lgbtq stuff in here but it's not all that kind of stuff like you know gotham central is in here because rucka you know so it's yeah, like yeah so it's like you know there's just great great work from these amazing talented wonderful people and one of them was batman huntress cry for blood which is a batman huntress book that comes out actually within the time frame of the rest of our podcast but it's it's drawn by rick burchett and it's written oh. by rucka so i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna track that down i was like that book I, that book's got got me with a bullet for sure to the only the, apparently then the only two people that can make you care about Huntress is uh yeah, Greg right, exactly. and, and Rick exactly. well so <laughs> they like, finally they that. finally got you to care about Huntress congratulations we all care about Huntress now um <laughs> all, all, all it took was Greg Rucka and Rick Burkick like that's the so uh who knew? I I tweeted uh about this or I didn't tweet about it I put it in another discord and I was like has anybody read this I I saw it on this great LGBTQ list uh you know, is has anyone read it? Do they like it? And somebody was like, I actually read that a long time ago. I remember it being really great. And and they were saying that they are an easy mark for uh Rucka Huntress and Rucka Renee Montoya. And I'm also a mark for Montoya when Rucka's writing writing her. So I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I do care about Huntress. <laughs> maybe I do. Maybe maybe you've maybe maybe you've been uh, protesting too much and you've cared about Huntress this whole time. Uh, this whole time, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna give uh, Cry for Blood a shot. But you should definitely um, I'll put the I put the list in my Discord. I put it on my Twitter. Uh, you should definitely t- check out the list and check out some LGBTQ stuff. Yeah, for Pride Month. You know. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it mostly like uh, DC stuff or is it? It's does only it run DC like stuff. The, oh, okay, okay. So there, there's right. no like. Like the authorities on there, Jack of Fables, uh, Checkmate. Uh, what else is on here? Blue Beetle Volume Six, House of Mystery Volume Two, yeah, uh, yeah House yeah. of Mystery Volume One from from the reboot, Green Lantern Volume Two, The Day the, the Stars Fell by Grant Morrison, uh, Goddess Mode by uh, Zoe Quinn. Mm. What else is on here? Dreaming issues, Sandman Presents issues, New Talent Showcase stuff. Uh, yeah, all kinds, all kinds of really good, really amazing books on this list. Check it out. Oh, w- r- real quick, I guess. Oh, sure, I, sure. I, I fucking knew it. I knew it was technically uh, a DC book, at least when it was first published, because it was an, well, What's it was that? an imprint. It was an imprint. I still haven't read it. It's been over twenty five years, so I probably should. But uh, have you ever heard of a uh, stuck rubber baby? No. I've, what What are you talking about? Uh, Stuck Rubber Baby uh, came out. I, I just looked up the um, the Wikipedia because I knew it came out in the nineties. Uh, came out in ninety five, yeah. and uh, Stuck Rubber Baby is uh, by the uh, cartoonist Howard uh, Howard Cruz, and it was, um, you know, pretty much like all about uh, his life and like how he like grew up in the South and very, um, you know, in in forties Alabama, and he's. Huh. gay and figuring that out and yeah you know and all like all of that um i 
And uh, it was technically published by Piranha Press, but it was an imprint of DC Comics where for a time they were using it for like their like like alternative like I had no idea that you, you Piranha know. was an imprint of DC. I have a couple Piranha books by Sam Keith. Yeah, yeah, Epicurious and, uh, the Sage. Yeah, William Mensa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, those those books are so fucking good. Those books are good. I haven't read them in a long, long time. Freaking Hera, is it Hera when Hera shows up? But she's a an anthropomorphic cow with breasts that are udders. Yep. yep, yep. I didn't, I didn't know I needed that image in my life. But then when I saw it, I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's how a god would be. That's how when I would I, be. If I, I read that. When I read that at, at like 16 or 17 years old, I was like, I don't think I should be reading this. I think that somebody should have stopped me. <laughs> oh, man. What? A, uh, yeah. But but yeah, but uh, uh, Stuck Rubber Baby is I just I also remember it being like and, and when it came out, too, it was like a, you know, it was a huge thing. It was a pretty big thing. And in, in especially, yeah. in the, you know, our little community of comic books were like, here is this like more. uh at least more widely distributed because it was through like, you know, it got to sure. be in more because I'm, I'm pretty sure the artist was like, I was just doing a cursory read of a, a Wikipedia. So like, forgive me, but I'm, but the artist was like, also like, you know, he's like involved in like the underground scene of comics in like the seventies yeah. and stuff, you know? So like, it's, it's not like his stuff like wasn't out there and he was just like some new like face, but, but like the mainstream is, is an important thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and I, I and I was just actually just more than a little sort of nerd, proud of myself to be like, well, uh, technically, here's another uh, DC book because um, it was <laughs> oh, an imprint, you know, uh, like pushing your glasses up and everything. Oh yeah, gotta get those in, man. You gotta get those in sometimes. Jason, where can people hey. get in touch with you? They can find me at 223. No, you can find me at King of Black Acid <laughs> on Twitter and at World's Second Finest. That's World's Second uh, with the two. Still going to try to tweet a bit more. I haven't been as good at the two read stuff, but, you know, I want to keep the people updated. Keep sure, sure. Updated. And links for all this stuff are going to be in the show notes. Uh, you can find me at linktree.com slash Nickville. You can get hop into my Discord. I'm in there all the time, even if I'm not streaming or tweeting or whatever. I'm sitting at the table talking about comic books with other fellow nerds and, and Trek stuff. Post some Trek memes. You know. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're into that. If you're into that. Yeah, Trek memes are good. Uh, you can also uh, catch me on youtube.com slash Nickville. I actually just posted a time lapse of a Black Adam Night Terrors cover for that Jeremy Hahn drew. Um, I was really happy with the way it came out. Not only do you get to see the process in, you know, nine minutes or however long it is, but uh, I also did a full finished cover and then realized I had made a fundamental coloring mistake and then put it back on the, the drawing board and then fixed it. And you get to see all of that. So uh, check that out at youtube.com slash Nickville. Oh, man, that's great. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Okay. Listen. So I worked a lot these past couple of weeks. And when I was working, I watched a fuck ton of Star Trek, Jason. Can I sell oh. you on Star Trek? I mean, sure, I'm already sold, but go, go ahead. What how were we doing? Star, TNG, Deep Space Nine? Okay, 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 okay. So there's a, there's a certain kind of person that's going to turn off the pod at this point. And I just want to be like, hey, please just give me a second and let me talk about Star Trek. And just like <laughs> keep your mind open for just a minute. Okay. Let me, t- let me talk about our, our and your Lord and Savior, Star Trek. No, because, no, because, okay, Jason, this is the problem. This is the fucking problem. Because, like, people who love Star Trek love Star Trek, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it becomes, they're so fanatical about it that, like, for years, for decades, I was like, I ain't going near that thing. I was like, that is a, that is a weird cult of nerds and weirdos and then i didn't realize along the way i became a nerd and weirdo and then i started watching star trek and i was like this clicks with me and i was like oh no the call's coming from inside the house i'm mixing metaphors jason but look look here's the point okay (laughs) star trek is actually really fucking great and i feel like it's such a slow burn of a show that it takes a long time for you to like it builds itself in its heart in your heart like very very slowly and almost to the point where you don't notice how invested you get into trek and then by the time that you get there it's like six seasons in and you're like i love these characters they're like everything's gelling the world is working so great there's banger episodes you're just like having a great time and then like before you know it, the show is over and you're like, wait, wait, I need like six more seasons. So I had watched on my own uh, Star Trek Next Gen for like just chipped away at it, really enjoyed it. Takes first season is is kind of rough, but it takes off after that. Um, oh, yeah. That's Love that's kind entry. of a rich Trek tradition, too, is like figuring out the characters on the page through the first season before, yeah. before continuing. Um, I wouldn't fault anyone for skipping around on episodes. So I got booked for DS9 comic um, Dogs of War and uh, that Deep Space Nine comic is out now. So I started watching DS9. I coincidentally started watching DS9 around then anyway, just because I'd finished next gen. Mm. I am now six seasons into DS9 and Mm. during my work binge I also binged the new show Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks have you watched any of that? I've watched a bit of Lower Decks I have to go back Lower Decks is really really funny Lower Decks is really really good Lower Decks is fantastic that I could tell because I'm I'm Star Trek baby over here that like there were jokes that they were making that I was like, this is a reference to something that I just don't know yet. Or yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't like steeped myself in the lore enough. So it was fine, but uh, it, I really enjoyed it. it once it starts go- getting good, once lower decks doesn't know how much Rick and Morty to be and how much mm. uh, Star Trek to be at first. 
And yeah. once they figure out that balance about five, about halfway through season one, a rich tradition, figuring yeah. it out on the page in season one. <laughs> it's, you, you know, you don't know until you go out there, man. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So once they once they kind of figure that out and they balance and they get a good amount of trek in there, it's like very, very fun. But if you start watching Lower Decks, you're going to be totally lost. If that's like the first thing. However, Strange New Worlds, uh, one season only is out. It's so visually rich and beautiful. It's such a beautiful show. And it's basically just an adventure show. Like, they just go out there and explore and you don't need to know anything like it's it's riffing a little bit on the original series but like you don't need, i haven't watched the original series and i guess it's a a spin-off of discovery i haven't seen discovery but i watched uh strange new worlds fucking broke my brain it was so good it was so so good uh right. follows commander pike he's a um, or Captain Pike, he knows when he's gonna die from touching some time crystal or something, and I so knew there's that like part a, somehow, yeah, there's like a thread through the through the season of like him being like, well, if I know how I'm gonna die, how can I save myself? Kind of thing that pays off really well in the finale. Um, all the characters are really fun. They they pull from a lot of uh, from the original series, which I haven't seen, but uh, this is kind of like younger versions of original series members like Uhura's in there. Um, the doctor oh, nice. is the same doctor on the, not bones, but uh, a different doctor is on the same on the original show. Uh, in this vein, I got to an episode of DS9 while I was binging where they accidentally went back in time and tried to like intermingle on the original enterprise with Kirk and Spock. It was the Tribbles episode, which is like kind of famous in pop culture. Like yeah, even yeah. if you're not in a track, like you you'd probably know the Tribbles episode just from Futurama yeah. and like yeah, you know, Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't Jason, it looked the episode looked so good. I think they had the original sets, shot it with the original cameras because they integrated all of these. And this is the 90s that DS9 came out. Like, yeah, maybe early 2000s. Not great tech as far as CGI and all that stuff. It is gorgeous and like expertly interwoven. There's like, so you have like Captain Cisco and Jadzia Dax, like in the background of like Kirk and Spock having a conversation in the foreground in the original episode. And it's, they just like drop them in there. And I'm just like, man, this is so fucking good. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, we had at the time, Marvel Comics was doing big into shared universe at this time in the 90s. Like you'd see Thor flying in the background of an Ant Man book or whatever. You know, because yeah, it was shared yeah. universe. Like we're gonna we're gonna make it all feel lived in. Everybody's the world is rich and and big. But like as far as television goes, there wasn't a whole lot of crossovers. And this like this crossover was not only so well executed, so fan servicey, but so fun. Even if you haven't seen the original episode, I was just like they knocked it out of the park, man. Like it's just fucking good. And like, 
new Trek is good. Old Trek is good. I, I, this is what I'm saying. There's been a lot of missteps with the with the franchise in places. Like I hear the Enterprise television show is not that great. I hear the first couple of seasons of Picard and Discovery are not that great or at least different than what Trek fans wanted. Yeah. Get into Strange New Worlds. Paramount actually put it up for free on YouTube, so you can just go watch it right now. You can turn oh, this shit. podcast off. Go watch Strange New Worlds in full, the full first season on YouTube right now. Hmm. So, yeah, that's my pitch for Star Trek. I feel like for a long time, I actively avoided all of it because Klingons were weirdos at comic conventions. And I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't get mixed up in all that. But now that I, now that I started working on DS9 and I really started, I, I was like, oh, I enjoyed Next Gen. But maybe that's a, an, a one and done. Like it's got, it's got Picard. It's got Jean-Luc. Uh, oh, who's the, the Patrick Stewart. And yeah. he's like a great actor. He just chews the scenery so well. I was like, maybe it's just a Patrick Stewart thing. And I'm like, not really into Trek. But then I was like six seasons into DS9. And I'm like, fuck, man, I love Trek. It's real well, good. And and, and uh, Deep Space Nine was always, uh, has always been my favorite Trek. I need to go back and watch it. Um, I'll always love uh, a captain being like, yeah, my, my, crew, my crew members can do a little light terrorism as a treat. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. all right. I'm okay with that. Uh, but Cisco, Cisco, uh, really willing to bend the rules to fit like <laughs> what they need. And and to be fair, he's in a space station in deep space in front of a wormhole with a fucking army of Dominion behind it that could come out at any time. Like he's got to protect himself. He's got to be able yeah. to bend the rules a, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but I do, I do love it's. It's like I was talking about before with um, like episodic television and like you know, and episodic comic books and the oh yeah, either little arcs or just single stories or something. Is that like that's something that I think that like especially next generation just sings with you know because like there'll be mm -hmm. the, you know you can if you're watching like a bunch of them there'll be some a couple of episodes where you're like oh that was pretty good that was pretty good and you'll like watch one you'll be like oh my god you broke my heart what the fuck you know yeah like and it's just yeah man and sometimes too with next generation and well you know and S star trek in general i think people don't realize if they haven't watched it like it can be really fucking funny man like it can be it's like yeah. they'll they'll really yeah, go for some really good jokes and like there'll be a most full episodes sometimes will just be goofy episodes they're just having yeah. fun in space you know oh it's man yeah i don't want to spoil stuff for anyone who hasn't because i genuinely do want people to watch all this stuff uh so i'm not going to get into anecdotally what i watched that was hilarious and obviously lower decks like lampoons the whole thing which is fantastic yeah. but yeah, has yeah. its own wonderful trek moments in it as well uh but yeah man I, and you know i think it's also trek in general especially old trek is so optimistic about the future and the human race in general and like what we're capable of if we work yeah. together and there's something just really beautiful about that especially these days like yeah could just use a, a little bit of light in the darkness 
Yeah. Cause, cause I, you know, I was, it just made me think I'm like, I, I sometimes want to say to any like, you know, like AI douchebag or whatever, who's like, Oh, it's going to, it's like, you know what? Get back to me when you can put a little machine in front of me and I get to say computer Earl Grey hot and a nice, <laughs> perfect hot <laughs> cup of Earl Grey tea comes out. Then I'll back your shit. All right. Then I'll oh, think that man. this is like the future or something because that. Jason, My I often is, I often think about how I do love Earl Grey. Uh, Earl Grey's great. The the um, replicators would crash every single fucking secondary market ever. <laughs> like oh, the yeah. comics secondary market, the the coin collecting secondary market, car parts secondary market. Like the every single secondary. Like if I can just walk up to 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 a machine and be like, um, uh. Jack Kirby, the demon, one through 16. And it just like appears and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I just read it and throw it away. You know? Because yeah. like, yeah. who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the de-replicator or whatever it is we do to get rid right, of it right. will we'll take care of it. I do remember reading something. I, I know I'm going to mess it up, but it was like some kind of quote where like how like the main, uh, the main complaint from Star Trek fans about like the J.J. Abrams movies was that they were they were too much like action movies. And someone was like, yeah, leave it up to a Star Trek fan who's like, what the hell is this excitement? I want boredom. <laughs> See, <laughs> you- but this is also this is part of like the reputation that Trek has where I'm like, it's actually not like this with the new stuff that they're making. Like Strange New Worlds is like fun and exciting, like all the way through. It, it might have like a heady episode here and there, but it's like mostly an action show. But like in in these guardrails of like optimism and hope and uh, respect for each other and like, you know, like all these kinds of things that is like common to Trek in general. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Can't get enough thinking, thinking I mean, about getting a, a Trek bomber jacket, <laughs> just letting my freak flag fly. You know, I, I used to actually watch a lot of uh, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine like growing up because, yeah. um, I mean, I, I liked it anyway, but my my fucking brother loved those shows. Loved what? Those. Yeah, just this, this big old, okay. oh, he, cont- so, he contains multitudes. Pod, he contains multitudes. The pod doesn't, doesn't know what your brother, who your brother is, but he is He's, a huge dude. He single-handedly carried our football team like <laughs> through high school. like. Well, he is not. He he quit well, halfway through, but that's that's a that's another. Sure, that's a that's a. He played well in a in yeah, a high but, school that is not known for playing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's like he's uh, a mechanics. He's a man's man, kind of. You know, he he loves right, and knows yeah, how to yeah. fix he things, not, build stuff. He's like, yeah, he's just not somebody I would have been like. Oh yeah, he loves Trek. Oh yeah, he loves sci-fi. Actually, he's he's pretty. He's a pretty. You know. He's pretty into sci-fi. Yeah. He'll, he'll watch anything oh. with, with, with lasers and aliens and shit. Like, yeah, he just like, I think he even watched Babylon 5 too. Honestly, now oh, I'm thinking about it. Like, yeah, yeah, you're he like, would be deep into it. You're shattering my image of him. <laughs> <laughs> he contains multitudes, man, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, we all do. We all do. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to finally finishing DS9 eventually and then moving on to some Voyager because there were some Janeway jokes in uh, in Lower Decks that I want to I want to wrap my brain around. Yeah, my friend, uh, a good friend of mine, Eric, uh, had had told me uh, we were talking Star Trek a while back and and someone always brings up Voyager of like, you know, Voyager was so hated or something. And like and he was like, no, nah, man, he's like, that gets no, he's like, Voyager's great. He's like, fuck all that. So I'm like, 
Yeah. Maybe now and you met I, I still haven't ever watched it. Maybe I'll watch Voyager. I'll finally Gotta give jump Voyager in, man. a chance. Yeah. Gotta jump I in. Should. I should. In in between uh the in between the off days of the NBA finals, I think maybe I'll watch some track. There you go. Sounds like a plan.